how far are we in that I get to cut out from the beginning? We keep we do this every time. It cracks me up. We go like 15 <laughs> minutes before I... Me, 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 me. Just like complete randomness. All right. And welcome to Where the People Aren't, a Disney podcast for misanthropes. I'm Jesse, And I'm Allie. We're two 30-something women who grew up on Disney and like to analyze things until we don't enjoy them anymore. Every episode, we select a different Walt Disney production to watch and investigate. We'll explore the origins of the story, the controversies surrounding the film, give you more information about the production than you probably care to know, and exchange witty banter while we drink. Thank you for listening, and remember that this is a hobby. So if you find us boring and not entertaining, you'll have to complain to someone who cares, because we don't. Subscribe now to get all of our babbling delivered directly to whichever app you use to listen to podcasts. Picture it. Picture it. It's 2003. I'm 16 years old. I'm a junior in high school. We're different people. We are very different people. The biggest hit of the year, top in the Billboard charts, was In the Club by Curtis Jackson, which Wikipedia tells who Wikipedia tells me was is professionally known as 50 cent it was also named one of billboard's top 500 songs of all time really for number 448 okay so not super high on that no list. but pretty but high songs to yeah and number 13 in rolling stone's best songs of the decade i didn't recognize it so I pulled it up on YouTube, and I do not mind telling you that I did not care for it. <laughs> Greta Thunberg is born, dedicates life to being a pain in the ass of politicians and mocking and triggering the president. We stand. We stand so hard. Get it, Greta. Get it. Belgium becomes the second country in the world to legally recognize same-sex marriage after the Netherlands. Good job, Belgium. Well done. Love your equality. Love your waffles. The Iraq War technically begins, continues for eight years, and hopes everyone just forgets about it. Dewey the Deer is born. Dewey what? is the first, oh wait for it, is the first deer to ever be cloned. Oh, so it's the less exciting one. What was the sheep? Dolly. Dolly. What was Dolly and Dewey. Dolly and Dewey. Dolly was what, the late 90s. Wasn't yeah, that? I feel like it was like 96 or something. I, I did not hear about Dewey at all. I hadn't either. I thought I'd give him a shout out. You go, I don't Dewey. know why you'd want to clone a deer, but I'm not a geneticist, so. I mean, I don't know. Venison is pretty tasty. Yeah, but there's also already a lot of deer. This is true. I guess they didn't want to go down the Jurassic Park route and try to clone something that was on its way out. 4chan. Oh, no. Breeder of Conspiracies and Alt-Right Assholes is launched. There was later much regret. Now there's 8chan, which is for the shit that's too extreme for 4chan. Oh, God. Soon there'll be 12chan and 16chan. And Anyway. Saddam Hussein is captured in that pit, wherever he was, uh, abruptly ending his long and illustrious career as an erotic novel writer. I really wish I was making that up. Wait, there, shut, what? There is an episode of Behind the Bastards, a podcast that's just, what's his name? Miles something. Or Robert Miles, I think is his name. Hosted, and it's just him telling the biographies of horrible people. And Saddam Hussein wrote erotic novels. I feel like we need to find one of these. They were real bad. He reads some sure. excerpts from them. Oh, okay. Because I'll, I'll listen to this podcast and call it a day. It's a really good podcast. You should listen to it. And on June 28th, 
2003, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl was released, and I saw it five times in theaters. I saw it many times. It was very good. I loved it. That's our summary of this episode. <laughs> the end. Thank you for listening to Where the People Aren't. This is all we had to say about Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> the end. Have a good night. Jesse's going to do the origin story. Jesse's going to do the movie facts first. Jesse's going to do the movie facts. Because I am following their format. It was directed by Gore Verbinski. The music was done by Klaus Badelt, and Hans Zimmer was the music producer, which is probably part of why it was such badass music. Mm -hmm. Captain Jack Sparrow arrives at Port Royal in the Caribbean without a ship or a crew. His timing is inopportune, however, because later that evening, the town is besieged by a pirate ship. The pirates kidnap the governor's daughter, Elizabeth, who is in possession of a valuable coin that is linked to a curse that has transformed the pirates into the undead. A gallant blacksmith in love with Elizabeth allies with Sparrow in pursuit of the pirates. This was the synopsis from Google, and my favorite part about it is that Will doesn't get a name. He's not named. He's in the just synopsis. the gallant he's just, blacksmith. He's just there. I is, like it. It puts him in his place. It puts him in his place as the. Like, this is our mustachioed hero. Here he is, Mister Swashbuckler himself. Released June twenty eighth, two thousand three. It premiered at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Like they just did. Do they do premieres a lot there? I don't know. I, I mean, why wouldn't you? You own it. If this was the home of the ride that it was based on, though, I'm sure that had something to do with it. Yep, might be. Well, we'll investigate and come back later. It had a budget of $140 million, which is a lot of money, and a box office of $654.3 million. That doesn't sound that big anymore. When no, it any epic action movie now is making over a billion dollars. I know this was 17 years ago. Eat the rich. Gobble them up. Gobble them right there. Dahmer style. Fuck up. It had an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 79% for critics and an 86% from the audience. And Metacritic didn't like it at 63%. And it won, it won a ton of awards. I didn't even write them down. Really? No, it's like Johnny Depp won a ton of stuff. Wasn't he nominated for an Oscar for it? Uh, hold on, I'll actually look. Okay, I, I think that he was, So here's what I did. I linked to the list of accolades received by Pirates of the Caribbean film, because I didn't actually care. A BN. <laughs> um, yeah, Johnny Depp was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role. Great. They were also nominated for Best Makeup, Best Sound Editing, Best Visual Effects. They won none of them. It's the thought that counts. It, it's the thought that counts. But I know that, like, Johnny Depp won art, won a bunch of shit for this. He won an Empire Award, a uh, Golden Reel Award. No, that was for sound. Uh, it won Hollywood Movie of the Year at the Hollywood Film Festival, and a Hollywood Breakthrough Acting Award for Orlando Bloom, which is funny because he'd already been in Lord of the Rings. He was at Legolas. This, point. this movie had a trailer for ch- at the beginning of Two Towers, so it's not even like the first one where maybe they were happening at the same. No, he he's already been doing shit. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Best period makeup. Best character hairstyling they won those things at the hollywood makeup artist and hairstyling guild awards that sounds like a fun-ass party to go to makeup and hair people are fucking awesome yeah dude they're so great johnny depp and kira knightley won for best international actor and actress at the irish film and television awards Mm. johnny depp won best male performance at the mtv movie awards and best look at the mtv movie awards mexico sexiest hero however went to orlando bloom He's gallant, not sexy. We've established that already. Well, Mexico disagrees. Fine. 
It got favorite motion picture for the People's Choice Awards. It just goes on. Look, this Wikipedia is really long, and I'm done it reading it. It swept the award season. It had so many nominations. All right, and that it won good. a lot of shit. The end. The origin story for this episode is a little bit different than what we've had so far. Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl is based on the Pirates of the Caribbean Dark Ride attraction that first opened at Disneyland in March 18th, 1967. It was the last attraction that was overseen by Walt Disney. He passed away three months before the ride opened. The ride begins in a peaceful Louisiana bayou. Riders board at Lafitte's Landing. John Lafitte was a real French pirate in the 18th, 19th century who ran a smuggling and piracy business with his brother, and he ended up helping defend New Orleans in the final battle of the War of 1812 in exchange for a pardon. Did not know this, the War of 1812 went until 1815. Why is it called the War of 1812? I don't know. Maybe because it started in 1812? That's stupid. Like, why would you call it then, the war? Like, come up with a better name. It's called the Three Years' War. There's the Hundred Year War. Right? There's, yeah. It would be way better than the War of 1812 that actually went until February of 1815. Anyway, then he moved to Texas and apparently just kept right on being a pirate until he was killed in, I think, 1823 when he was trying to attack a Spanish ship. So, there you go. He's a real I never guy. think of Texas as being around water. I know, right? Like So he- I'm picturing, like, the last pirate of Saskatchewan, the track, I think it's the tractor song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. No. I mean, I suppose it is right down there on the coast. So you're going through, the the boats go through the Louisiana bayou, and then a talking skull and crossbones provides words of warning, and I don't know what those words are, because I've never been, I'm sure, yeah. I went on this ride and I was five years old, and I I could not tell you. I have never been to any Disney park, so I know nothing. Uh, And the boat goes down a waterfall, and the first bit of the ride's theme song can be heard. Can I just interject real quick, that that boat going down that waterfall is what made me not trust my dad really? for years because i was traumatized because it's not a big drop but no. i was five everything's a big drop and everything five. is a big drop and he knew it was coming and he didn't tell me and he thought it was really funny that i got freaked out man dads can be such dicks. i wouldn't go on any other rides the Aww. whole rest of the time i was there he would also rock the cubicle if we went on the sky ride at the fair like he thought he was very funny he and Cotter would have gone on really Probably. Great. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just, I just saw that the waterfall was thrown in like an afterthought and that it was extremely traumatizing to me as the tiny wiener of a girl that I was. Go ahead. The theme song for the ride was written by Xavier Atencio and George Bruns. Bruns also did the music for Robin Hood, mm-hmm. if that name sounds familiar. We talked about him not long ago. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney picked Xavier Atencio to write the script for the ride. He had been a storyboard artist for Winnie the Pooh and had never written a script before. Oh. But apparently Walt was like, you're my guy. Yeah. Uh, He had been worried that he had written too much script, but Walt told him that he wanted it to feel like a big cocktail party where the guests would hear bits and pieces of things as they went through and anyone riding the ride again would discover something new. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. It's a really great way to do it because like, I don't think you should see or get everything out of a ride like that. No. Because, I mean, and I've watched ride-throughs of the ride. Yeah. And there's a couple of YouTube videos that I watched to kind of get some facts about it. And there's the Imagineer story on Disney+. Plus. Yep, I haven't watched that one yet. Um, There's a chunk at the end of the first episode that's about the Pirates ride, which is really cool. But yeah, Walt wanted the story to unfold around the guests as they rode through. So after plunging down a couple of waterfalls, the boat goes into the grotto, past a number of scenes of skeletal pirates protecting a variety of treasures. 
This was apparently meant to show that the only guarantee for pirates was death, and even great treasure was no match. I don't know if I would have gotten extracted that from what I saw, but okay. Did your five-year-old mind understand the concept of death? It was really just too freaked out by the waterfall that happened three minutes before at this point. (laughs) Maybe it was very familiar with the concept of death. (laughs) Yes, it was coming for me. Then the boats glide into the midst of a pitched battle between the pirate ship The Wicked Wench and a Spanish fort. Then the boats go into the town of Puerto Dorado, which is being sacked by the pirates. The magistrate of the town, who apparently has a name, his name is Carlos. Sure. That's that's the thing about Disney rides, is the level of detail they go to is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. Like, Connor makes me watch all these stupid YouTube videos of things. And the stuff that they do is just weird. (laughs) It's too much. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Carlos is being dunked into the well, and his wife is yelling from the second story to not be a chicken. It's the kind of marriage I want. And then she gets shot at and hides for a while. Don't be a chicken, Carlos's wife. Don't be a chicken, Carlos. Friggin' bitch. The next scene is the highly problematic auction of the townswoman, followed by some of the women being chased around the town by pirates. In 1997, Disneyland decided to change the scene with the women being chased to the pirates chasing them for the food the women were carrying. Why they chose to change that bit, but not auctioning off the women bit, boggles the mind. Yeah. They finally did change the auction scene in 2017 to a female pirate auctioning off some of the townspeople's items to the pirates. The neckbeards have complained that this is not as interesting. They can fuck right off. Man, they would be butthurt about that. They would be can't change the thing even though the thing is selling women i want to buy a woman i want it that's the only way i'll get a woman one sex please as the boat continues along the town becomes more engulfed in flames the pirates seem to be getting more drunk and caring less about what is happening around them they're sleeping with pigs wallowing in the mud and one of the pirates is trying to get a cat drunk fuck that guy fuck that guy fuck that guy in particular that cat does not need that in its life no the boat passes pirates in prison trying to lure a dog that has keys with a bone. Um, and this is something that they did pull into the movie mm-hmm. with Jack's in the prison scene that you have. And you, if you look up some of the, and I'll, maybe I'll post it on Twitter, some of the concept art. Yeah. It's an exact match for what pulled they right pulled out. in the movie. Yeah. It's those three guys hanging out of the door with a bone trying to get the dog. I do remember that. I remember that scene and I remember the Tortuga scene that, yeah. from the ride. And those are the only two I remember. Uh, then the boat goes through the armory of the town that's full of cannonballs of barrels of gunpowder where pirates are trying to attack the boats before the boats are pulled up a waterfall and back into the safety of the bayou. In 2006, the ride was updated to include characters from the movie, and the storyline was shifted to one where the pirates in the town are looking for Jack Sparrow, and Jack is in the town just looking for treasure. Mm-hmm. Three Jack Sparrow figures were added, and the captain of the ship attacking the Spanish fort was changed to Barbosa. Hmm. There was an added scene towards the end of the ride showing Jack Sparrow sitting on top of a large pile of treasure. So there is that. Okay. I did see, um, so I can't remember where I saw it, but at one point, Johnny Depp actually went into the ride and, like, took the place of one of his animatronics. Yeah, of course he did. And, like, surprised audiences and shit. That's funny. It is. It, there are so many amazing Jack Sparrow cosplayers, too, who look yeah. so and look and sound so much like him that he didn't even have to do it. He could have probably hired Well, I think else. it's probably because it's such a... Almost a like over the top, extremely extreme. Yes, things. It's a lot easier to mimic that than more subtle things. That's probably there is true. nothing subtle about his performance. No, that's true. The ride in Disneyland is only fifteen and a half minutes long, so the movie certainly added in a lot of 
things to fill the two hours and 24 minutes that it takes. Uh, but it seems like they did pull a lot of design elements from the ride and lots of little bits and scenes like the pirates in the prison trying to get the keys. Little nods to it. Just nods to it. There is I the thing that I did see later, though, that Eisner was worried about this film not doing well. So he actually had them pull out some things that they had taken from the ride out of the movie script. To make it less like the ride? To make it less like the ride. Because it had it was happening after the Country Bears movie, which was based on Country Bear Jamboree, which apparently did really terrible. So look forward to that episode. Oh, God. And we all have to do that. Mm. Country Bears. Going to be drinking a lot of moonshine during that one. You don't want to get a bottle of moonshine. That'd be fun. Yeah. Appropriate. I like mixing our drinks to match. Like, right now we're drinking rum drinks because pirates. This podcast will kill you makes what they call a quarantini. What's a quarantini? I think it's just whatever cocktail they're making. It's just their their good, episode good for quarantini. Them. I love a pun. It's good. This ride had originally been designed as a walkthrough wax museum. Hmm. And it was originally called the Blue Bayou Lagoon. The plans for that attraction had been completed and construction had begun when Walt Disney began planning things for the 1964 World's Fair in New York. The project was shelved while he focused on the fair, and after the success of It's a Small World at the fair, Pirates of the Caribbean was reimagined as a dark water ride. The ride has 128 audio animatronic figures and 630,000 gallons of water. What is... This is a dumb question. Is a dark ride just a ride that's in the dark, like the yeah, basically. Uh, it's so it's the old mill ride. At yeah, the, state the old fair. mill, and even it doesn't have to necessarily. I don't think it necessarily has to be in water. Okay, I think it, it can be a track ride, but sure, it's mostly it's not a roller coaster. It is like a dark tunnel almost. Right. Sort okay. Of thing. That makes sense. It just sounds so sinister. It sure does. A dark ride. Do you want to go on a dark ride? Connor wants to go on all the dark rides. He has such this has a gotten really intense. Nerd. So we already talked a little bit about how you watched this movie five times when it came out. That's true. I did. But do you have any like lasting impressions? I remember when I saw it because I saw it with my friend Katie Kovac, who I'm sure is not listening to this, but if she is, what's up, Katie? Love you. What's up, Katie? And she was really in love with Orlando Bloom. And I thought, I remember thinking Johnny Depp was really good. And I knew, I knew him from all, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't doing a ton of like big box office stuff at this point. He was no, doing this was mostly, like his first real leading man box office right, sort of thing. He had that established relationship with Tim Burton. And of course I've always loved Tim Burton. Well, I don't yeah. anymore. Well, well, that's a whole other rant, but I, I love Tim Burton's early work and. He did a lot of like indie shit. A lot of indie shit. So I was very familiar with him and I thought it was really great that he was in this big box office hit and he was in this lead leading role for a disney movie and he was doing oh and he was so quirky and he was bringing i just remember being really impressed with Johnny Depp, and i know that he's a bit problematic now just a couple days ago there was some audio leaked from his ex-wife about how she was also physically abusive so they were just in this really toxic relationship it sounds like it was pretty awful really awful but i was really I was really impressed by, I mean, I was always really impressed by him, but mostly my lasting impression of it is just, I have a lot of really good memories surrounding it because I was 16 when it came out. I saw it so many times. I just liked it so much. I think Fiona and I went and saw it a couple times. It was just like a fun thing to do when you're 16 and it's swashbuckle and everyone's so handsome and it's so funny. It became one of those like part of the fabric of high school for me like at fucking everyone saw pirates yeah it was quoted all over the place everyone was pretending to be jack sparrow mm-hmm. it was everything because yeah i was did everyone have a puppy shirt oh yeah well i mean 
a poet shirt. It's called a poet shirt. And I dated Will, so there were a lot of puppy shirts in my life, unfortunately. No, it's okay. It's how it is. It is how it is. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I know, like, I saw it. We went to the Oakdale Theater because that was by Tartan, and that's where we went to school. Was it the Marcus one? Uh, it was Oak. What was it at that time? I think it's changed a couple times since I was in high school. Is it the one by the Fleet Farm? No, okay. no, no, no. It's the one right on Tenth. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Oakdale Cinema. But yeah, I mean, like we all saw it, and everyone was making jokes about it. And I don't think there'd been a, a pirate movie in a while. No, and that's like one of the things, and that's I think it's an note that I hit later is that pirate films had not done very well mm-hmm. in recent times before this movie came out. That all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. God, I should watch that again. I thought about buying it. Is it on anything right now? It's on Amazon Prime, but I would honestly rather just have the actual physical DVDs of it yeah. than have it streaming. Did you watch The Legend of Korra? I couldn't get into The Legend of Korra. Really? I loved it. I thought it was great. I'll try it again. Try it again. It ends with lesbians, so. <laughs> Most good things do. Most good things do. I wonder if they're still making... They, uh, Netflix was doing a new live-action Avatar with the actual creators. They were, re- like, redoing it? Yeah. They're the, trying to make it right? They're trying to do it right this time and not have M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan Ding Dong? Shyamalan Ding Dong. You know what I hated the most, the most about that? Of all of my... Of this tree heavy with the fruit of my hatred... The thing that I really, really loathed was that they said his name was Ong. Right? And what did they call They called Suka, like, or they call, they call him Suka, Suka. instead of yeah. Sokka. Like, your origin, your base initial format is a cartoon where they say the names over and over again. How did you get them wrong? Was there Appa? I don't remember. It was so bad. Appa's my favorite thing Appa's on the, the planet. And if ever. I don't remember an Appa, remember there. the episode of There Was a Baby Appa? I cried. <gasps> baby Appa. I was crying, and then when Appa got kidnapped, or water, air bison napped, I guess. That was, that was horrible. I still have the Appa that Bradshaw got me. He's over there with all his buddies. Let's go into production. Our sheets. Our sheets. Let's go into production. Okay. So this film went through a handful of script rewrites. They started writing it in, like, 2001. Mm-hmm. And then a new group of people was brought in to rewrite the script. And then Jerry Bruckheimer joined the production team as a producer, and he rejected the second version of the script because it was just a straight pirate movie, and he just didn't think that was going to do any well. Which, I mean, to be fair, pirate movies hadn't been doing well for a while. Also, Jerry Bruckheimer is known as the producer of these big, almost like Michael Bay. Yeah, know? like these big, epic, big epic, lots of explosions. Yeah. Which I um, guess you could do with the pirate movie. I guess. He brought in Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, who suggested adding the supernatural curse, bringing it in line with the narration of the ride, which apparently had some curse that I missed. I don't that. remember that, but Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio are, were the writers of Aladdin. Were they? Mm-hmm. Did we just, did I forget that at the time since we recorded that? Apparently. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about them in the, oh, in the Aladdin always, episode. We should probably start talking about the writers. They're probably a little important. Especially when they pop up kind of repeatedly like this. Yeah. I, did, I knew the name, so I did click on, when I was looking this up on Wikipedia, I did click on their names to see what I knew them from. And yeah, they wrote Aladdin, and they, I guess, are maybe more known for working on all, if not all, than a lot of the Pirates movies. But yeah, they wrote Aladdin. Hmm. All right. Good to know. Disney considered releasing this film direct to video. Can you imagine this just going direct to I'm, video. I'm sure that they're patting themselves on the back for not making that decision. Right. Apparently they didn't think it was going to do very well. Michael Eisner attempted to shut production down 
after the Country Bears, based on the Country Bear Jamboree attraction. He really got terribly. This We touched on this earlier. Gore Verbinski just straight up ignored him and kept going, apparently. Which is just, I guess... Thank you, Gore Verbinski. Well done, Gore Verbinski. Eisner was concerned at the cost, but Verbinski told him that his competition was spending $150 million, referring to things like Lord of the Rings and The Matrix... Eisner had asked that some of the more overt ride references be removed from the script. Did Lord of the Rings? It cost more than 150 million. He's probably only talking about like the first one. I'm gonna like. I know that this was 20 years ago, and so I'm having a hard time adjusting. But I just know how much movies cost now. Oh, so much. And the Lord of the Rings was back when it was released. It was the biggest movie that had ever come out. When oh. the Fellowship of the Ring came out, it was like the Earth had cracked itself in two. And hobbits came pouring out from the middle, from Middle Earth. Like a kinder egg. Like a kinder egg. Like a jawbreaker splitting open, the hobbits swarmed. Is that really a three-hour, 48-minute movie? Which one? Lord of the Rings. The extended version. The ones I have over there probably are. Apparently, the budget for The Fellowship of the Rings... Was only ninety three million. I don't believe it. I don't either. That sounds like a fucking I th- lie. I think that that's just what they paid Vigo Mortensen. Well earned, Vigo. He paid for his jawline, which then paid for that horse that he kept. That's right. He kept his horse. I know the that's horse cute. is probably dead now. Well, they don't live that long. Well, actually, they, they live a while. Yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, it's it's been twenty years. So. Yeah. Uh, this was the first film released by Walt Disney Pictures that was rated PG thirteen. One executive found the film too intense for her five-year-old, to which I just can say, lady, why were you showing your five-year-old this movie? That's wild, isn't it? The first one that was PG-13? Yeah. That's totally wild. What's really wild is they didn't use their well-earned one use of the word fuck. Was that the rule back then? I I don't know if it was the rule back then. It's the rule now that PG-13 can use fuck once. Who made these rules? Uh, The MPA or whatever. I want to be in that. You want to be with a bunch of white dudes who judge everything? I want to be in that mason meeting of how many fucks should we give them before we slap an r on it because it was um one of the x-men the newer ones with what's his face um james mcavoy yes you knew exactly what i meant this is yeah, i saw him in his wheelchair they use their one fuck when they try to recruit wolverine oh really? and he's just like for like a hot second in a bar and they walk in there it was him and magneto before he was magneto right and they're like trying to recruit wolverine and it's just huge effort. and she goes fuck off you know it says fuck really well Geralt of Rivia. oh so good i think that might be the best use of fuck in a mm. media i've ever seen the fuck. guy who plays i think it's pronounced yaskier yes yes yesker yaskier i don't know they all say it so fast i never know what they're saying joey Beatty is his name and he he is a musician as well clearly he's a very talented singer and he just posted on instagram that he's releasing an album or his band's releasing an album and he's really excited for it and you know xyz and henry cavill responded and just said i can't wait and joey Beatty responded saying i'm still not talking to you <laughs> and, what Hen- happened? That's and what- henry cavill responded hmm <laughs> <laughs> he got well, well, he got, he got like pissed off because Geralt, Geralt has was being his a real panties in a bunch, a big bunch, and yeah. he got mad. And Yaskier was like, "I don't need this shit on the side of this mountain." I know, but like he wasn't I even just in the last fuck episode. You. I missed him a lot. He apparent I haven't seen him in the books yet because I'm still s- slogging my way through the first book because I'm buried in school. 
but he is apparently a pretty significant character and he is Geralt's best friend. I can't wait for And he hasn't shown up in the game yet, but I am I'm stuck in a I'm underground and the hellhounds keep killing me and I just can't make any progress and I don't have any food, so every time they kill me I can't like regenerate. It's just a mess. Yeah, I can't play I might have to have Will get through this. I can't I can't play games like that. I have one. You do have one. I have one. I googled it. Tortuga, which means Turtle Island, is an actual island. And it's either off the coast of Haiti or it is a part of Haiti. I'm not really sure. My Haitian geography My Haitian geography is pretty fuzzy. But it was a haven for Caribbean piracy around the sixteenth to like nineteenth century or early nineteenth century. Yeah, this movie's kinda of set like nineteenth century. So. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, it was a real place and whether it I didn't couldn't find anything about its culture. I'm, I, it's pretty small. I think it's mostly just a, a tourist resort now. But whether it was a den, I wrote, whether it was a den of sin that revolved around drunk fights and boobs popping out of corsets is still up for debate. Those were There's, some tight, tight corsets. Those dumplings were boiling over. <laughs> and there is a scene when they first get to Tortuga where a dude is sitting on a a the second like second story deck and his legs hanging off and he's like shooting a pistol in the air and some chick is like throwing her skirt over his face and lifting it up and laughing and that is from the that's from the right oh, okay you because you go past i guess it's tortuga you go past a town scene and it's just like total <laughs> it's just complete chaos just like yeah dudes are chasing women and auctioning them off apparently and People are shooting guns in the air. Like, it is madness. Madness. But I hope that that's not what it was like, because it was like the Wild West. I had no idea Tortuga was a real place. I didn't know until. I just Apparently Port Royal is as well. It's in Jamaica. I just assumed all this was fake shit made up for this movie. Hey, We have to do better research, I guess. We can't know every single goddamn thing. We can't know every single goddamn thing when we started our research yesterday. I was going to postpone this recording because I have a geology test that I'm not ready for. But we're doing this anyway. We're already in. I'm just not going to do all on the test. The DVD and VHS release sold 11 million copies on the first week, which was a record for live action video. It's a lot. It is a lot. I mean, I was probably one. I definitely have copies of it. That copy of Oh Curse the Black Pearl up there is from like 2004. Yeah, I bought it as soon as I could. This is pre-streaming. Now it's all on Disney Plus. It is. This podcast is not endorsed by Disney Plus. It's not. I wish it were. <laughs> this next one i think is nuts the casting because it's going to cast casting it's going to casting crew mm-hmm. so the role of jack sparrow was apparently originally written for hugh jackman i think he could have done a really good job it would have been a very different movie very different he would have said fuck once we know that yes it was his mo others considered for the role were jim carrey no no michael keaton maybe maybe i don't know uh, Carrie Elwes? Sure. Sure, we already know he can be a pirate. Yes. And Christopher Walken. No. No, no, no. A thousand times no. Uh, Christopher Walken could have been a good Barbosa. Yes. He would have been a gr- or a great Governor Swan. <laughs> really <I'm> Norrington. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been a great governor. <laughs> he would have been a great governor. Uh, I know you don't want to marry this man, but I think <laughs> if you lose your options on this tiny island, I'm making it sound like Bernie Sanders. I mean, look at your options on this island. I'm asking you. 
What do you want to do, Elizabeth? Medicare for all. But Johnny Depp did get the role. And ultimately, he, he's very big on research. He's a he. I think he's kind of like method actor. Yeah. When he did Fear and Loathing, he went and hung out with what's his face Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson for a few months. Just did a bunch his, of acid. Just, like hung out, done a bunch of acid, and figured out how to be Hunter S. Thompson. I guess. But so he did a lot of research, and after researching 18th century pirates, decided pirates were just the rock stars of the time, and decided to base his performance on Keith Richards. So iconic. So iconic. Which comes back later in one of the older movies. The dream casting when... of Keith Richards as his dad. <laughs> it's so good. It's I And I don't even think, like, did costuming do anything for Keith Richards when he showed up? They're just like, oh, you've got this better than they we could ever do. They gave him a, a $100 Hot Topic <laughs> gift card, and they said... <laughs> Have at it and stop at Orange Julius on your way out. I mean, and he did, and he pulled it off. But anyway, that's a different. That's a different episode. We're gonna I get to want to watch that one again now. We're going to. We're gonna watch all of them. I know. Disney executives were confused by Depp's performance, asking if the character was drunk, likely, <laughs> or gay, also likely. Mm-hmm. Depp responded, "Look, these are the choices I made. You know my work, so either trust me or give me the boot." Which is some real big dick energy. I love how the executives were like, we're uncomfortable with this, so he's definitely drunk or gay. Hmm, what does that say about our executives? We're going to be getting into toxic masculinity again here in a little bit. We sure will. When that will is we? big dick energy. It's real. Just be like, what? Fire me. Yeah, what yeah. Fucking fire me if you want. Um, but you won't, though. But you won't. And they didn't. And, and they didn't. I, I don't know... Like I like I'm I'm trying to imagine what a Hugh Jackman version of this movie would be, and I don't think it would be as good. It would be much more serious. And I I I think Hugh Jackman is incredibly talented, and he is very funny. But I don't think he has that. It is the method acting. It's that ability to lose yourself in something. Which yeah, which I think is something that Johnny Depp can really pull off. Yes, he, I he also manages to pull off one of the things that I really that I think I made a note on is that Jack Sparrow is never one to let a quip go by the wayside. Like if yes. he could make a quip, he's going to make a quip, even if it's the worst possible time he could make that quip. I relate to that on a personal level, very personal level. But Johnny Depp pulls it off really well. You can see like almost like that battle. Like should I say this? I'm going to say it. Anyway. I'm just going to go for it. I'm yeah, say it. definitely. This is, like this is who I am. Yeah, and I don't know. How much of that? I'm sure none of this was well improvised. Do you know about the improvisation? Improvisation. I didn't, I didn't see any notes about. That. I didn't either. So there had to be a little bit, though. There had to be because he's so natural with it. Yeah, and he's not a comedic actor by trait. That's not his no his bread and butter. So I'm assuming that it was written by the double T's, and double and he just adapted it into his own and made it sound really natural well and maybe I, not i mean i think that's something that can be said of all of the characters that johnny depp has played is that he really embodies that character what's your favorite johnny depp role i really like edward scissorhands mm, classic i really like that one but you know classic if you, if you don't even know like benny and june is really cute. i was i think benny is my favorite that's a really good one he's neither benny nor june in he, it though if he is not i really like shock a lot but I'm not sure if I liked it because of Johnny Depp. There was a period of time when my mom and I were both single and we would watch Chocolate together on Valentine's Day because we love Johnny Depp. And you know what? It was great. But yeah, no, I think Edward Scissorhands is probably my favorite. That's fair. It's a fair one. Do you ever see Dead Man? No. It's a weird one. It's a black and white. I'll have to try. Yeah, it's good. Verbinski asked Jeffrey Rush to play Barbosa because he knew he would play it without any attempts at complexity, which feels like a really backhanded compliment. That's rude as hell. I love it. <laughs> Like, you can do this because you won't do anything complicated with it. 
So if you go to UrbanDictionary.com, there, if you type in the term talent crush, Jeffrey Rush is an example where it's when you admire somebody who, when you have an affection for somebody based entirely on like their abilities and their talents. Okay. And the example is, I have such a talent crush on Jeffrey Rush because he's so, that was me when I was like 20 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's great. So if you go to Urban Dictionary, I am the person who put talent crush in and used Jeffrey Rush as an example. It's still up. I checked it tonight. You're all welcome. <laughs> it only has three thumbs down. I'll go thumbs it up for you. How about that? Thank you. There's like 23 thumbs up. That's a big... There's 22 other people who agree with you. That's right. They all have talent crushes on Jeffrey Rush. He's so good. He is good. And he was entangled in the Me Too thing a couple years ago. Somebody who... I believe it was a production of King Lear or so. it was some Shakespeare play at in Sydney, I think. I could be getting all these facts wrong. Accused him of inappropriate behavior and he fucking fought it tooth and nail. He's like, I'm taking you to court. You are not you are not dragging me into this shit. I didn't do anything to you and he won. Huh. And she I think I believe she ended up withdrawing her case. And I'm like, first of all, good for you, Jeffrey Rush. Secondly, fuck that girl. Fuck you. You don't do that. You don't you don't do that to people. You're making everybody yeah, else look bad. Sure. Yeah, that just ruins it for everyone else. So I always believe the survivor. I always believe the victim. But in this case, evidence was on his side. Well, good for Jeffrey Someone's going to send me a letter bomb. Yeah, no one's going to like you. It's all right. I'm used to that. So when this movie came out, because we were teenagers, everybody was like, oh, who's your, who's your crush? Who's your crush? Is it, is it Johnny Depp or Alana Bloom? And my big crush was Commodore Norrington. If you've been listening to this podcast, you already know that. So there's a scene during one of the invasions of one of the ships. I don't know. It's all invasions on ships where Norrington very sternly commands Governor Swan to go barricade himself in his office. And I was like, that's super hot because he's like, so like just commanding and on his shit and i watched the movie again tonight and i'm like yeah i'm still super into it <laughs> like i love him i love a man in uniform i hate the military it's really a roller coaster of attraction and repulsion and being at odds with my own beliefs and he's this just t- tall pasty british guy but that's 100 percent my type and i love commodore norrington and i think he's a good man and i'll die on that hill you sure will i love him he's so complicated and then his character gets even more complicated. complicated it does in the sequels oh okay i don't remember the sequels to be he dies honest. he dies in the sequel spoiler alert yes I-, I honestly don't remember the only thing i remember i was the sequels- i was legit devastated <laughs> The only thing I remember from the sequels is the weird crab thing in the fourth one. I didn't see the fourth oh, one. There you go. I only saw the last two or the the first two sequels. That's my Norrington. What's your Norrington aside? Is it? I believe this was Zoe Saldana's first major role. If you was can it? call it major. I, I like I saw her when I because I watched this last night and she popped up. I was like, oh shit! I forgot she was in this. Yeah, I'm gonna IMDb her right now. Did you know that her husband took her name? I didn't know she was married. She is. I can't remember who she's married to, but he took her name. Mr. Saldana, apparently. Mr. Saldana. Good for him. Let's see here. She's in a lot of shit. She's very busy. And she's in everything. She was an avatar. She was an avatar. She's in my favorite Star Trek ever. Which one was that? The reboot ones. Mm. I love them. See, before this, oh, she was in Crossroads. With Britney Britney Spears? Britney Spears. 
and Drumline. Oh, so this really was her big one. And Center Stage. Oh, I do remember her in Center Stage. I remember Center Stage. The ballerina bullshit one. Yes. Good one. Did she have to learn ballet for that? I would imagine she had to learn some of it. So normally we go over animation, and this was a short-sighted thought on our part because we're clearly not just doing animated films. So we're going to kind of go over some of the design elements and makeup things. When we decided to do this podcast, we forgot that there were live-action Disney movies. Turns out there are quite a few. Turns out there are way more than the animated ones, and we got a lot of shit to slog through. Yeah. So I, I'm i still really impressed by the costume design of this movie. The, the the main thing that sticks out to me is the teeth. Yes. They're very creepy. They're very creepy. They're very accurate. Britain sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Everything is terrible. Apparently the teeth were dyed to, like, look so... Ugh. Yeah. There was one moment I had to rewind it because Barbosa, of course, has awful teeth throughout the whole movie. There is one scene, there's one close-up where he turns around and yells something, and it's Jeffrey Rush's regular teeth. I was like, your teeth are so pristine. And, oh. Somebody this must have been like, one. Yeah, like a last minute. We just need you on the set for like oh, 15 minutes. Oh, and it was like reshoots. Minutes. Yeah, like 15 minutes. Can you just turn and yell this thing? Fine, but you can't do shit to my teeth. <laughs> right, I'm not dying my teeth again. I remember an interview with some of the costume department and they reveal that how they got the pirates' clothing to look so old and worn and beat up was that they had brand brand new costumes that had just been sewn, just been completed. They put them in a cement mixer with bricks and just let it go. And I love that. I'm like, that is, it is practical effects. Yeah. And it looks great. It looks awesome. It looks like, totally it natural. Looks believable. These are undead pirates who are cursed to roam the seas until they, they can sure get the are. blood of Will Turner. I think that's something that is a really cool thing in this movie is that it's all very cohesive. Like the like everything that you see, nothing pulls you out of it. Mm-hmm. Everything is believable and fits in with the whole yes. view of the story. So nothing like pulls you out like, oh, that doesn't look realistic. Or those background characters have shitty costumes. Except for that one, that one teeth shot. Except for the one teeth shot. But I just noticed it this time after seeing this movie a million times. So we'll and, let that one slide. And it's such a great character development tactic when you compare the pirates to the military. And yeah. like how much of Norrington is just crisp. Like there's so much brocade. Everything is straight lines. Everything yeah. is sparkling clean. And then you have these assholes. It's a really great visual cue. Yes. But neither of them felt like they were out of place. Exactly. Like the the military crisp clean lines felt appropriate and accurate at the same time as the pirates yep. in their beat up shitty clothes seemed their, their crappy garb realistic. So it all felt real to the story. Yes. Many of the actors wore contacts. Johnny Depp had contacts that acted as sunglasses apparently. Like transition lenses for contacts. Jeffrey Rush wore contacts that dulled his eyes to give him a more sinister look. You can see the contacts in a few of the pirates, I noticed, because they're very yellowed to give their eyes a yellow look, yeah. but you can see where it ends. Oh, can you? I guess I didn't notice Because I can't imagine that you... I know you can have contacts that cover your, like, the whole visible eyeball, but it would be so horrible. That would be terrible. Um, the rotten... Like I said, the teeth were dyed and the scurvy skin was dyed on. What is scurvy skin? Um, I think it's just, like, the discolorations. Okay. And, 
I'm not Googling scurvy. No, no, please don't. I'm not doing that. Don't do that. Um, Johnny Depp had gold gold teeth added for the film, and he left L.A. so quickly after filming wrapped that he forgot to get them removed. Does he still have them? No, I think he got them out a few weeks later, but, like, he just went back home to France, left his fucking gold teeth in. Fuck this place. Fuck this. I'm going back to Paris. Um, he also had an actual pistol that was made in 1760 in London. That's so sweet. The crew apparently found it in a, from a dealer in Connecticut. How much do you think it was? Probably a lot. Expensive. Real props like that are not cheap. Yeah. Set stuff? Yeah. I mean, this was, where were they even shot? They couldn't have been shot on location. Um, I think some stuff was shot on location, but not necessarily like, you know, the I actual I feel like a Caribbean. lot of it must have been soundstage. It had to. Be. Like, I think some of it, and some of it felt like that. Like, when the, they're in the pirate cave with all the treasure. Yes. Like, when Will and Jack are peer, peering over and there's, like, mm-hmm. pearls and coins strewn around them up on that thing. Like, that's not yeah, real. Totally. But, that, but it looked, you know what it kind of looked like? It looked like Goonies. It did. Yes. It sure did. <laughs> They're finding the hidden treasure. Finding the hidden treasure in the pirate ship and doing the truffle shuffle. I've never seen Goonies all the way through. Oh shit, we're fixing that one day. It's not a Disney movie, but it does star Sean Astin, who went on to co-star with Orlando Bloom in Lord of the Rings, bringing it back around. When we finish this, can we do a Sean Astin podcast? It's just about how great he is. And just, can we just do all the Sean Astin movies? Yeah. I think that'd actually be a lot of fun. So as far as actual animation goes, mm-hmm. there was some actual, like, I mean, there's a lot of computer animation, a lot obviously. Of it, yeah. um, the Dauntless and the Black Pearl were both built on barges, and then the rest of the structure was done in CGI, mm-hmm. which I would never have guessed. They looked really Very good clean. to me. Yeah. The Interceptor was a redressed Lady Washington, which was a full-scale replica sailing ship from the 1800s. And they didn't just, like, move it to location, it just sailed there. Took a 40-day trip to sail to location to I like filmed. how it still takes ships, like, three months to get anywhere, because what are you going to do? Right. It's a ship. It's you can't... Ship. Like, I suppose... You're not going to add a pretty... motor to it if it's a ship. Especially <laughs> it's if like... It's, it's, like, a replica historical thing. Like... Right. It's a replica. Like, all right, you guys are in Los Angeles. We're in England. We'll be there in... <laughs> 40 days. It's going to be four and a half months. So... We'll see ya in a bit, but we have our iPads and stuff, so like we're we're cool. We're but. cool. I think the CGI. So the skeletons were CGI, obviously. Mm-hmm. No, that's practical. Mm-hmm. Um, the C. So, but I think that actually held up really well. It transitioned because they used the moonlight so much. They, tr- I think, it transitioned between like candlelight and daylight and moonlight really, really well. Like actually, surprisingly cleanly. And this is just post Gollum like a couple yes. of years after Gollum so maybe they took some of that well I mean clearly they learned from Gollum because it's even today on your big fancy tv screen it looked good mm-hmm. it didn't look like chintzy out of place CGI that some of that older stuff can right. look like where you can tell that it's just plopped into a scene this yeah. felt really smooth and maybe some of that has to do with the moonlight and doing it and darker lighting and not having it as like clever camera work yeah clever yeah. camera work clever lighting work but it's really well done it is very well done and it still looked good which i was honestly not expecting i was thinking we were gonna watch this and be like oh it looks so bad yeah it's it's funny we've been so over overindulged with really really good cgi lately yeah and even if you look like look at the marvel movies like the cgi it's really not that great it still looks like a cartoon and this definitely looked a little cartoonish, 
but not overly so. It didn't feel out of place for the movie. Right. It, yeah, it was very, and maybe, it was and very maybe on, it's because on track. Where it's a it's a, you know, cursed pirates movie that it's they you suspend your disbelief you suspend a little that bit. disbelief a little definitely bit. but it, it did look good it still it had a lot of really good shading it was on creepy it, and it was cre- they were creepy and that scene where they're walking underwater is still real cool it's really good it's cool the guy with his dreadlocks dreadlocks bouncing in the water all over the place it's great so ilm started working on the computer animated work almost immediately because they were on a very quick schedule each scene with the skeletons was shot twice once with the actors and once without and then the actors performed on a motion capture stage. Okay. Which probably helped lend to that a little more seamless feel towards it because the actors were doing all of the work. It wasn't just like we're gonna make this Right. I think I think I think this comes post Gollum. Yes. Is that that motion capture thing became much became more the standard of how you do those things. Whereas before it was, you know, they would the computer guys would just program and it's kind of hard to actually make someone look like they're a real person very difficult without that motion capture yeah. thing, without those natural movements that people have there were 600 effect shots in this movie mm-hmm. 250 of those shots were simply removing modern sailboats from shots get out of the scene i remember there is on the dvds there is a blooper reel and there is a shot of i believe it is when jack and elizabeth are on the island of them having an argument, and all of a sudden Johnny Depp looks up and goes, "Is that a plane?" <laughs> it's just some like commercial airliner going <laughs> overhead. Because I mean, oh, so yeah, so they must have shot on location. Some out there on the, the they were in the Caribbean. Music, music, pretty so, limited because it's not a musical. It's not a musical. It's still great music. Yes, it's. I mean, it's sort of iconic stuff. Mm-hmm. The only real note that I made is the sword fight between jack and will and the blacksmith the clangs of their swords are timed to the music that could not have been easy on anyone's i would yeah it couldn't have been easy because i would say maybe they did the scene first and then timed the music to that which i think is usually how scores are done probably they film first and then when they're scoring it when they're doing the actual music They'll have like their orchestra and literally the screen playing that scene. Because I, I suppose too, yes. because it has to all get edited. You can't just like throw it in there and then edit right. it. Like, but they do a really. I think that's a really fun sequence. It's very. It makes it much more classic, fun swashbuckler. Yeah, you can like fully immerse yourself in the scene. Absolutely, and get lost in the music and the choreography of the of the fight. And... Also, can we talk about how ridiculous that fight scene is? It's insane. It's so it's silly. so fun. <laughs> they jump up into the rafters. Hell yeah, they do. <laughs> He's part elf. He is part elf. This is true. And then, I mean, there's the the yo ho yo ho a pirate's life for me, which is a from thing that ride. comes directly from the ride. Yep. I love the idea that it's like this iconic song throughout the town right, everyone knows it it's and, just and, like a, a folk song right except for the pirates the pirates have no idea what this is yes jack is like what are you singing should we get into some social commentary <sighs> as much as i like this movie there are some issues with this movie of course there are of course there are and some of it i think might be time period related there's one black no like three black people in the movie and they're all probably slaves yep Unless they're pirates, there right. there are. You know what? I will say though, there's a fairly diverse cast of pirates. Sure, there pirates. Are. Piracy is the Hufflepuff of society. They'll take whoever is left over. 
<laughs> I mean, and then there is that, like, what does it say when all of your people of color are the pirates? Except for that one slave boy on the dock. It's just one little boy on the docks who doesn't have a single line. No lines for the little slave boy. I'm interested in the idea of Jack Sparrow's relationship with toxic masculinity. How do you think Jack Sparrow identifies? Down for whatever. <laughs> DTF. DTF. Or not down for anything. I think it's one or the other. I think he's down for everything. I think he would probably fall into like the pansexual side of things. Yes, like he I think does not true. care about anything. Do I like you? All right, let's go. Done. It's like the quote you you talked about earlier where the producers or the executives were unhappy with his sexually ambiguous or I guess sobriety ambiguous portrayal and he said look look, this is how i'm playing this person if you don't like it then you don't like it and that's fine but then i won't be doing it anymore i think that's really powerful and he as far as i know again i didn't see the other movies i don't think he has any real romantic interest i think maybe penelope cruz is an interest in him oh she is in one of those isn't she i don't remember i mean i don't know that we i mean i could probably say for certainty that we don't get any explicit male love interests no of course not um many many female love interests even just in this movie he gets slapped by three separate women yes sex workers i think two of them were two of them were one of them was the other pirate girl right anna maria anna maria i think that i wouldn't call him a gay icon no people call the babadook a gay icon like throwing that around but Um, no but he's clearly someone who is just very comfortable with himself very comfortable and i think that being very comfortable with yourself is a slap in the face of toxic masculinity absolutely it sounds so simple when you put it like that doesn't it huh 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 Huh. um no i mean like he's very firmly who he is he has he wants to he has a look that he maintains that is his look and he is going to he needs his hat and his stuff (laughs) right at all times he loves his hat he loves his hat he has a thing for hats he does. He does repeatedly talk about hats in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wears coal around his eyes. That might be more of a practical thing, though. Like football Not player. all of the other pirates have it, though. So I think it's purely aesthetic. Aesthetic. All right. And you know what? Good for him. Because I had to put eyeliner in on Saturday, and I did it took a half an hour, and I almost cried. It's hard. It's, it's really so hard. hard. It's so hard. I'm pretty okay with makeup, but eyeliner is like one of I my I never my, wear makeup. My That's my real problem. But I was like, this is a fucking gala, and I need to look good. And I was it's like, hard. fuck, I guess I'll put on eyeliner. No, that's terrible. It's fun when it looks good, though. You're like, yeah, it I is look like a model. This eye was good. This eye was not as good. Mm. Sisters, not twins. Sisters, not twins. <laughs> oh, you have another one here? Yeah, so I feel like this movie touched on topics that you could really fall into rabbit holes into a lot, and one of them was just the the history of like the East India Trading Company and how problematic it was, how horrible it was with exploiting resources and exploiting cultures. And I think that that's touched on a little tiny bit more in the sequels because I know that... Okay. I believe that Tom Hollander's... Not Holland, that's Spider-Man. Hardy? No, not Tom Hardy. Tom Hollander, who's... um oh. He was Mr. Collins in Pride and Prejudice. He was in the second two sequels. Okay. Or he was in the, the two sequels. And I believe he played a agent for the, the India Traded Company, the senior Okay. Company. It's just such a interesting topic, and I feel like maybe it's a little too deep of a well for, like, this movie that was made for a particular audience to kind of dip its toe into or to, like, fall into, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, but I guess at the same time you're asking Disney to 
like go in depths of the East India Trading Company? I know. I am asking them to do that. Even this part where they're stuck on the island and he says, well, yeah, the, the rum, runners. rum runners are here. I I was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> Give me more of these rum runners. I need to know more about like why to were see they the movie here. Of the rum runners. Right. How did they build this like bunker? What was like, how did they make the rum? Why is the rum? How did you book Pat? Like, I had a bunch of questions about it. I thought it was a really interesting. <laughs> yeah. What did he barter with to get onto their boat? Again, he's down for anything. I think that he probably just fucked his way onto that boat. Right. What I wrote down here was, I'm a huge Anglophile because I am. I love Britain and British culture. And acknowledging how incredibly horrific Britain was throughout the past several centuries is both important and a big bummer. And I think it is. Like, I acknowledge the fact that I love England is not great because they're not good people. They're not great. But you're asking a lot of Disney to actually do something about it. I have high hopes and expectations. How often are those dashed by the Walt Disney Company? It's 100%. 100%. Yeah. There is a lot of just gross dude shit in this movie. <laughs> when Jack is first captured and he's got the irons on and he takes Elizabeth hostage and he has her put yeah, his stuff on he's him. He's into it. And he's just got like the biggest fucking creeper face at that point. Shit eating grin, I think is the term. It's more than that though. It's like straight up like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just gross. Uh, what else? Oh, when Bar- when Barbosa cuts Elizabeth's hand when they first go to the pirate treasure room, yeah, and she just says that's it, and he goes waste not, which is definitely saying, hey, I'm going to regain my humanity and rape the fuck out of you. I never picked up. I do not think that's what he means. He says waste not, and then like leers at her. That's just Jeffrey Rush's face. Are you saying that Jeffrey Rush leers at people? Wait, no. <laughs> I never picked up on... I, I don't think I picked it up before this, but I was watching it. I was like, oh. Like, I backed it up to watch it again. I was like, oh. Oh, I'm going to choose to disagree with you on that. I don't like that idea. He said, he, the line is literally, waste not. Yeah, I know. Because he doesn't want her to die. Cause he's because send he her wants home to bone her. To go marry Commodore Norrington and be happy. Bone her. Um, there's a, there's a bunch of other, like, gross things. When the, um, when Elizabeth is on the pirate ship and the two goofball pirates bring her the dress and... Pintel and Rigetti are their names. Are those pastas? (laughs) That's what they're called! They sound like pasta shapes. Well, maybe they are pasta. So, when the pasta dudes... ghost pirate pasta. The ghost pirate pasta dudes come to bring her the dress. Yes. And she's given the option of wear this dress to dinner with Barbosa. Or dine with the rest of the crew naked. And they just, like, go... <laughs> well, yeah, they're definitely horrible. Yeah, it's just gross shit. Yeah, it's gross. It's, gross. it's a lot of sexualizing. Also, let's not forget that Kira Knightley was 17 in this movie. Yes. 17. You were also cute out by how intently Barbosa was watching her eat. You think oh, he had that's some, some kind of weird eating fetish. He had some weird fetish. food kinks, I think. <laughs> He's like, definitely what we call a feeder. Like, who have the apple, have some <laughs> wine. Like, gross. Funny. So, The Ethical Dilemma of Pirates. Oh, that could be a whole book. It could be a whole book. I found it really interesting, though. We get some great dichotomies in this one. Mm-hmm. You have Jack Sparrow, who, while, yes, a pirate, seems to really abide by that pirate code his is really a he has life morals. of... He has morals. His thing is... I mean, he has the whole thing about when he's talking about the ship and how a ship is freedom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he seems like he's just a dude who wants to live his life. 
And then you have Barbosa, who is clearly like the scum of pirates. He's mutinying. He's mm-hmm. totally happy and willing to just kill all of the people they come across. So, quick question, because I didn't quite pick up on this. I'm sure it's mentioned in the movie, but it might have been one of the 17,000 times it froze. So, Sparrow was the captain. He was. Barbosa was his first mate. Of the Black Pearl, yes. And where was Bootstrap Bill? I think he was just part of the crew. Then, and But it was his idea to get the Aztec gold? No, he wasn't happy about that, I think. But then why did his blood... Because he was still part of the crew when they took the Aztec gold. So, so everyone else is given their blood? Yes. Oh, okay. That so, makes sense. so, okay. So what I gather from the timeline is, so they're on the Black Pearl. Jack is the captain and Barbosa is the first mate. And they mutiny. I can't remember why they mutiny. They mutiny for some reason because they're pirates. Mm-hmm. And Jack gets abandoned on the Rum Runner Island. Right. And then Barbosa takes over as captain of Black Pearl. And they go and they find the Aztec gold. And they take it and spend it across the seas. Yeah. And then they figure out that they're cursed and have to gather it all back up. Right. And so the curse was an old Aztec curse when Cortez came through or something they said. Yeah. So, and it was, it was blood money for all of the blood that Cortez had spilled. So they had to repay the blood. That was why they all needed the blood. So I, and like the pirates bled when they weren't in moonlight. So they probably all gave their blood and they were just, they needed bootstrap, but they had, there's that little thing where they're the dumb and dumber are swabbing the deck down in the prisons. Yeah. they say that they had sent Bootstrap Bill down to the right. down to Davy Jones' locker before they realized they needed his blood. Oh, so that explains why he comes back because he was also immortal. Yes. So he was just hanging out at the fucking bottom of the ocean forever. Like this sucks. Yeah, probably he was probably down there tied to a cannon. Just like, well, fuck. <laughs> but so that's why they needed his blood, okay. and that's why they were trying to find the kid. That makes sense. He was the last piece of the puzzle. The last piece. But yeah, I thought that was interesting that we kind of have like a good pirate. And a bad pirate. Yeah. I would say that Sparrow is probably more like chaotic neutral, like good neutral. Yeah. You no, know? I think chaotic neutral is a Chaotic good. neutral. Yeah, because, I mean, he's he's definitely chaos. He's not a great guy. But he's not out there just, like, killing people he willy-nilly. He doesn't have ill intentions. Like, he didn't want to kill Will when they were fighting. He just wanted to escape. Yeah. He didn't want to kill people. He just wants to get back to his ship. Right. Whereas... The other pirates are just straight up murdering everyone all the time. Oh, there's the whole, it's bad luck to have women on a ship. Which is so weird because ships are almost always referred to with female pronouns. Well, but they can't have actual women because they'll get distracted and the sea gods will get upset. It's the women's fault. It's the women's fault. Shouldn't have had them teddies. Shouldn't have been born a girl. How dare you? Just saying. What were you wearing? (laughs) What were you wearing? It's the same philosophy. It is. And again, you have Jack who's like, no, we're going to let her on the ship because um, yeah i don't want to deal with it if i don't let her on the ship (laughs) right practical again he's very practical okay one of my biggest complaints about the end of this movie is when the pirates are trying to distract the military by sending out the two dumb and dumber dressed in dresses with parasols and norrington is just like yep that makes sense at the illa de morta to have two random ladies in a boat in the middle of the fucking night. Let them pass. It's fine. Pintel and Rigetti. Dumb and Dumber. It's my new name for them. That's all I'm calling it. <laughs> Rude. But like, he was, I always took it as them being so confused. But well, I guess it does last a while. Like, they're just like, oh, nope, let them go. We're not even going to look into it or check in on this boat of random women floating in this pirate island. Yeah. What the fuck? Those dresses are not in good shape, too. Well, it's dark and they're far away because nobody went to check on them. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it didn't work out great for them in the end, if that makes you happy. No, but, like, why wouldn't you immediately be suspicious of two women in a boat in the middle of the night at the pirate island? I really feel like you're pulling at strings here that were not meant to be pulled. (laughs) You mean logical strings? Yes. All right, Allie, how do you say this movie title? Pirates of the Caribbean. I watched the last half of this with Connor last night. And his biggest complaint was that it taught all of us to say it wrong. Here's the thing. Connor always has a big complaint about everything, though. Okay, but this one he's not wrong. It's not the Caribbean. It's the Caribbean. Maybe it is the Caribbean, and the Caribbean is wrong. So all the people who live there and say it Caribbean? I doubt that the movie and ride designed by a bunch of white dudes is the more accurate pronunciation it is very weird how i will say caribbean except if i'm talking about this then it's caribbean maybe it's to like differentiate it i don't know maybe it's a fictional alternate universe that's right that's absolutely right but yeah that was that was the only complaint that connor had oh well that's not bad that's the only (laughs) one he has he was watching the super bowl so he only came in for like the last 20 minutes of it who was he rooting for i don't even know i don't care I don't think that this movie is highly complimentary towards the military. No, it definitely favors the pirates. It does. Or it's given the, the title. The scale I would hope. is is weighted. The officers are depicted as bumbling. They're pompous. They're unqualified. They're inefficient. They're inefficient. The just I don't know what you'd call them. The dudes who just have guns. What would you call them? The 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 troops. The troops. Thank you. The troops have aim that's on par with stormtroopers. It is bad. bad. It's real bad. They can fire a million muskets and not hit a single thing. To be fair, I think aiming with a musket was really hard. Oh, I'm sure it was. Also, you're a trained military professional. I mean... Get your shit together. Get your shit together. The Uh, wigs are bad. Everything about it is terrible. The wigs crack me up. There is the scene when Jack and Will are stealing a boat and they get on the one boat and... Every single person on the Interceptor leaves the Interceptor yes. and goes to the other ship. Yes. Why was nobody left to defend the Interceptor? That's the thing. It's poor military planning. It's so And this poor is definitely a mark against my boy Norrington. He's not a very good commander. He's not, He's a Commodore and he's not great at he's it. He's not great. They but I think that this is a testament to how thin they were on the ground in Port Royal. I mean, did they ever succeed i think that they're like zero for three like every time that they caught jack it was not to their own doing no it was an accident it was an accident it was his idea it it was literally like jack like well i guess this is what's happening now right no it it definitely is not kind to the military which again i'm torn about because that's fine yeah but i also love norrington so i just want him to succeed once well I don't remember what happens in the rest of the movies, but you already told me that he dies, so... He fucking dies. I was so mad. I was so mad. We're gonna have to put, like, a big old spoiler warning on every episode. Like, hey, spoilers for everything. We're gonna spoil this movie from 2011, so if you haven't seen it... I mean, suppose at some point, like, what's the statute of limitations on spoilers? I don't know. It's gotta be less than... Rosebud was a sled. Rosebud was a sled. I actually really liked that movie. I thought it was good. That was good. I liked it. It's so long. Orson Welles is amazing. He is. He was amazing. He's he dead now. And he was hella cute. He was, he was. He was a hottie. Girl. So where did Elizabeth learn so much about pirates? Are there just like books about pirates? 
Are there folk tales about pirates? Where is she getting this stuff from? I like to think that she hung around people who just talked. Like, oh, I would go to the kitchen and listen to old Bessie as she peeled the potatoes and told me tales of the pirates of days past. Because she is very well informed on pirates. Parlay. She does talk about, like, books, though. Yeah, she knows what parlay is. But she also kind of comes across as one of those kids who does a lot of research on a group of people and therefore thinks she can be part of that group. Name another example. Like any white girl ever. Uh, uh true. But I mean, so like, she's like she spends most of this movie being like, I know you're a pirate code. You have to do this. And at one I point, Barbosa's is like, yeah, but you're not a pirate. So yeah, fuck right. Off. That's actually pretty satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> Although she does become a pirate king in later movies. A king? Yeah. She she's becomes a, king of the pirates. She's a lady. So. Oh, it's king is a title, not a gender. Have you ever read the Enchanted Forest books? No, but you were real cocky with that sip you just took looking at me like that. <laughs> Damn. No, what are the Enchanted Forest books? It's about just like, it's very like fairy tale, but it's okay. the first one is about a princess who doesn't want to be a princess. So she runs away to the dragons because dragons like historically steal princesses, right? Oh, sure. So she decides she's just going to go be a princess for a dragon because she doesn't want to be a princess and get married to this lame dude. That's fair. It's really fun. They're fun I understand books. that. Some good Disney physics in this movie. A Disney's. Disney. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the first thing that I noticed was when Elizabeth can't breathe because she's in a corset, which is not Disney physics. That's legit. Yeah. Um, and wrong. she falls into the water and that coin sends out like a shockwave. Yes. It's calling to its master, I guess. I guess. And that is the effect that the coins had. I suppose it would be too hard to all find of them again. wouldn't have been too bad, right? No, I suppose it would have been that hard. Although, would they have to all touch water, or do they just know? They must have to touch water. Also, I thought it was weird how the medallion was in a drawer that she clearly hadn't touched in a long time because it was all it was in dust. A, no, no, no. It was in a secret panel in that drawer. Right. She had made this drawer. So, it was in a secret panel in a drawer. How did so much dust get in there? Maybe she's a really bad carpenter. Right. That's fair. But she was like she went eight. from <laughs> she went from locking it away for eight years to wearing it all the time and like no one noticed, nobody paid any attention to it. Even Will was like, but I think like, she was only wearing it for like a day. I guess like she put it on that morning rapidly. She put Why it, did she put it on? Because she was holding it when they were trying to come into her room, so she put it on to hide it. Why did she? She, so she brought it out because she had the dream. Why would you throw it into a corner? Why would you put it on? Because that would make noise. Tuck it into your boob. Your lack of boobs. But so she Nobody put it on to hide in. it. And then her father came in with the dress and the servants who... The high sparrow. Jonathan Price. Excuse me. But so then she's behind the screen and yeah. she's getting tied into oh, a corset. Yeah. And when was she supposed to take it off? And then she has to go to the promotion ceremony for Norrington and then she falls off the rocks. That is, yeah, that's true. I mean, she's not, it's not like she took it out and wore it for three weeks. She's dumb. She, well, she's not, actually. Mm. She probably one She the- did, I don't know, I, I talked a little bit about this a little later on, but there's that scene where the scene, the, this that scene when she's talking to him when he's presenting the sword and she's like, oh, I had a dream about you. And he goes, really? What was it about? And she goes, do you remember the day we met? And I wrote, you mean the day I got pulled from a fiery shipwreck and almost died and you stole my medallion off my person, the only thing of any material worth I had in this world? Yes, bitch, I remember. 
She fucking yanked it off him. To be fair, she thought he was a pirate and she thought he was also cute. So she wanted to save him. I, re- I respect that. She stole something off of him. And what would have happened I love if how, by it? the way, he was passed out. He wakes up and he's like, Will, William Turner. And then he passes out again. Scrubs to that child actor. That's how, yeah, he really went for it. This is a very little petty detail, but it's bothered me for 17 years. The first scene where we see Kara Knightley, she's waking up from her dream. Yes. Her face isn't squished into her pillow. And her she's hair like, is still perfect. And her hair curled. is perfect. And her boobs are perfect. And she's just like gently waking up and looks around with her giant brown anime eyes. And if you are asleep on your pillow, your face is, yeah, you look like a plate of jello. I just think it was really unrealistic and I've always hated it. That's pretty bad. So would it actually work to walk underwater holding a boat like that and be on the bottom? No, because you would float right? up because that's how up. air works. The air bubble on the boat is wood, so that, I was like, oh. Unless you were like a million pounds. Which neither of them are. There's no, no way and they even have enough then, I fat. think that it, you would like, it would tip up at some point. Yeah. We should try it sometime. Let's, Let's rent it. a canoe and go up to Superior and see if we can make it work. Okay. We'll report back. Hurt ourselves in really dumb ways. How is the Pearl going so fast and catching up to the Interceptor? Because this is nitpicky, but its sails are hella busted and moth-eaten and full of holes. Well, I mean, clearly it's a cursed ship. It's got a- but that's a blessed ship if you're going fast. Okay, but it's also, like, followed by a bank of fog at all times. It's so goth. I love it. It's so- it's your aesthetic. If I had a cursed pirate ship, I'd want a little fog cloud following me everywhere. And a monkey. Uh, speaking of the pearl, how did they keep their sails black? Because that's- Same way they kept them holy. I would have to be because the sun would bleach that shit out in a heartbeat. It's- Oh, you know what it is? The cloth is also immortal. Oh, the whole ship is Everything immortal. Everything is immortal. That's, so why, you think that's once... why it didn't sink when all those holes are being shot Ooh. into it. Do you think that once the curse is lifted, that... It's going down, yeah. It's all going to fall apart. And for sure, dead. And they rebuilt it really quickly before the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so when... Is it the interceptor that blows up? I think so. So when the interceptor blows up, Will Turner is still on the boat. Yeah. Tragedy. Yeah. And everyone's freaking out and Elizabeth is literally tearing her fucking hair out to get over there. Yeah. And the boat's like a third of a mile away. Yeah. Okay. I timed it when we watched yeah, it today. Yeah, yeah. From when the boat blows up to when Will Turner crawls over the side of the boat, the Black Pearl, yeah. it's 20 seconds. He's part elf. He'd have to be really part elf because I, very I looked fast it up. swimmers. I looked it up. Michael Phelps, who is a very, very fast swimmer with the longest arms of everyone ever, can do a six, can do six miles an hour swimming pretty fast just pretty fast. <laughs> yeah but even to go a third of a mile that's three almost three a third minutes well he's faster than michael phelps i don't know what to tell you maybe when the ship blew up it propelled Ooh, him forward that's a physics problem i am not sober enough to do so he was on a piece of wood and the thing exploded, and it was like, boom, boom, boom. So we skipped across okay. like a little stone. All right. There, I solved it for you. Thank you. Also, part elf. Part elf. This one's very minor, but how did Elizabeth keep her lipstick so on point through the whole film? It's a matte powder. It's... I have an NYX one. You just tap it on, and it stays fresh throughout pirate fights. Okay, because she looked great the whole time. Her hair is perfect. Always. Her hair was always perfect. Always perfect. Uh, Karen Antley looks really good in period costume. She does. Really good. 
Yeah, she yeah. does. She was built for that shit. She was. Which is probably not a healthy thing, but... Hey, get it while you can. Get it while you can. <laughs> Wear it while you can. Mm-hmm. So Gore Verbinski disliked the subtitle of The Curse of the Black Pearl because mm-hmm. he thought that it was actually the Aztec gold that was cursed and not the ship. Yeah, but the crew was cursed. Yes. I did read somewhere that he asked that the poster have the subtitle be nearly illegible so that it wouldn't be as readable for people. It's funny, the things people get pissy about. Right. I've always wanted Anna Maria's backstory and the context for what her relationship and history with Jack is because yeah. it's implied that it's something really deep. Right. And like there's a never, real history there. Yeah, and it's never ever explored. Yeah, that would be fun. I would watch I would watch Zoe Saldana in a pirate movie. Yeah. Shit, yeah, I would. I bet there's a ton of fan fiction out there. You know, I was going to look up like what I, the biggest pairings were. I bet. Uh, and it's I just probably didn't have time. Jack Sparrow and Will. People love Slash. They do love Slash. It is the most common of fic things. I actually thought about that because of the scene where Jack, and not Jack, Will and Elizabeth like nearly kiss in the mm-hmm. bottom of the ship. And I'm like, I bet there's a lot of fics out there of this. That's true. Like really nice, wholesome ones. Wholesome ones. Yeah, where they kiss for the first time. Yeah. I wrote that, I think this is one of the first things I wrote, was Jack Sparrow coming into port on the, the ship that is, the boat that is sinking, yeah. is one of my favorite visual gags It's such in a Disney. great introduction to it's that character. It's so clean and definitive and just accurate. I think it really sets the tone for who that character is, too. Yes. He's literally falling apart at all times, but he's just pretending that it's fine. But he's got a smile on his face. He's just rolling with it. He's he's rolling with a bunch of Yeah. I love it. It's great. One of my favorite things is people tearing apart, like, the old folk stories about Jack. Yes, that's a fun aspect. Like, the, the Black Pearl leaves no witnesses. That's what one of the pirates says mm-hmm. in the prison scene. And Jack's just like, if he leaves no witnesses, how are their stories? Right. Yeah, he's definitely... Or the... Um, how did he escape the island? With, uh, with the tur- two turtles and two tied turtles. together with his hair. <laughs> He's like, well, and I think Will asks, well, with the turtles tied together? And Jack comes in, oh, with my back hair. With hair from my back. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Who's your favorite character? Elizabeth. Mm. I love her. Mm-hmm. She's every, like... She's a lot more badass than I remember her being. She is, yeah. Sauce. Yeah, I kind of, I didn't remember her being quite so in charge yeah through the whole thing like i watching it this time i was like oh will turner is actually the damsel in distress in this movie very much so he doesn't do much yeah and when he does he fails at it poor will turner (laughs) he's not very successful as a pirate and then he ends up he shows up at the execution scene at the end in like the worst stereotypical i'm a hero his d'artagnan outfit (laughs) this giant puffy feather but uh, this is also one of the notes i made about elizabeth is that her hard day wasn't the pirate shit and being held hostage by jack sparrow it was that norrington proposed to her like the maid comes in and asks her there's like oh you had such a hard day she's like oh yeah i didn't expect norrington to propose she's like there's like oh that's not what i meant yeah at all what's up dummy what's wrong with you what's up with your life of privilege where that's like the worst thing that's happened to you today Uh, to be fair though i norrington for the morning i would have said yes I've been a Commodore's wife. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that Norrington was just in love with Gillette, so... He can have his side hustles. I don't care. He's wealthy. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Did you see that brocade on his coat? Yeah, but that was military uniforms. Yeah, and he probably had to pay for it himself. That's not usually how the military works. Hello, welcome to America. Yeah, we pay for that. 17th century Jamaica. Adaptations? I guess those aren't really adaptations. They're probably video games and shit. 
Um, and then there's the sequels. I haven't seen any of the video games. I'm I'm sure that I'm that assuming is there are video yeah, games. I'm, I'm not so actually too. doing any research on that. Anything else? I give this movie four and a half out of five stars. Well, that's a good rating. Yeah. I don't know if I can rate it that high. I think I'm at like three and three quarters. I don't know. It's a fun movie. I'm looking forward to watching the other ones. Me too. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode about Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. If we wildly fuck something up, please let us know. If you just disagree with us, I guess you can let us know that too, but... We probably won't care. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTPA Pod. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This drink looks like swamp water. It sure does. Let's not do this again. No, never. This podcast is over. <laughs>